Well, hello, everybody. It is Sunday, June 25th, and uh, this is Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And we're here with the Ticket to Rider podcast uh, coming to you. T- usually we've been, we've, been, we've been recording our pods on Monday. The, uh, the good thing about recording them on Monday is we typically have both the European and the U.S. Ryder Cup standings because the U.S. standings don't tend to come out until Monday. But uh, the nice thing about recording on Sunday, Stace, is that, uh, you know, we, the, the results from the weekend are still kind of fresh in everybody's minds. And maybe some of our listeners aren't aware of what happened on the PGA Tour or the other tours. So uh, we're doing this on Sunday today. We tried to get a guest. Didn't have much luck. We'll try to get we'll try to uh, track that down for you uh, next week. Uh, and, and, you know, Rich, the standings probably aren't changing that much because well, they you are, know, they are the on the Euro- American yeah. side. On the American side, they're changing. Not on the European side. Yeah, the Euro- European not side, on the European side. Actually, there was one, we'll get to it, but there was one notable change on the European side. But what we're going to do today... Luton? Luton? No, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm not going to spoil okay. it. Uh, but yeah, the European... Maximilian Kiefer? No Maximilian Kiefers. Uh, okay. But uh, what we're going to do today is, is we're going to go over... The events for the weekend and i found something out today stacy you know i i have said i i let everybody wrong uh astray i said that the solheim that this was a solheim cup year and and i had that assumption because 2021 was the last solheim cup but the next solheim cup is not until 2024 they're waiting three years presumably oh, wow. to get it away from the Ryder cup uh mm. so the solheim cup lost a year because of covid and uh, so they were delayed a year because of COVID. And now they said they want to get back onto their even years. So uh, their next Solheim Cup is going to be at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in uh, Washington, D.C. in 2024. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be this year. I thought the women were playing somewhere in Europe this year. Yeah. Not in Spain. I thought they were going to play in Valderrama or something. Not, so they, they're postponing it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, wow, interesting. Well, it's probably good for the Americans because those girls aren't playing very well. Nelly Cora is like hurt. She just came back. She shot so high for the uh, the PGA, the women's PGA. Wait a second. Uh, Wait a second. You may be right. They may be playing in back-to-back years. I think they're supposed to be playing in Spain this year or something, but I might be wrong. Let's see. Because on the telecast today, they talked about the, the, the next Solheim Cup was going to be in 2024. But on the website, it says there's a Solheim Cup on the 18th to 24th of... Yeah, it's this year. Of uh, this it's year. In Europe. It's in Andalusia, Spain. In Coastal South. So I guess they're playing two years in a row to get back on schedule. Wow, interesting. Okay. Well, right. I was about to say it might be a good year for the Americans because you, you see how high, like... Uh, all those girls shot, the Americans shot in this uh, PGA. It was amazing. Only None of them really made it. Nelly Corda didn't make the cut. Uh, Lexi Thompson was like so far over. She didn't make the cut. It was amazing. That's a tough course. I mean, Baltrazal, uh, the uh, women's PGA was played this weekend at Baltrazal, which is a, which is a traditional uh, U.S. Open course and one of the, yeah. hard, one, of the hard ones. Uh, the weird thing about it, 
about Baltrasol, at least for the women, was it ended with two par fives. 17 and 18 were both par fives, which is which is very strange. But uh, so we had a major on the LPGA tour, but this was a full week. We had tournaments on the PGA tour, one of our uh, uh, enhanced events with uh, full field, uh, really good field for the Travelers Championship. We had uh, a major on the LPGA tour. We had the uh, uh, we had the Dick Sporting Goods open in uh, yep. Enjoy Country Club. What a weird name for a country club. Enjoy. Yeah. Country Club in Endicott, New York on the Seniors Tour. And we had the BMW Championships on the European Tour. European Tour, yeah. So a lot. Well, you know, it's the thing that, yeah, it's a lot of golf. But, you know, the thing about this, you know, these, these tournaments, I, I just think this Travelers, you can't have that be a $3.6 million uh, tournament because, you know, the, for the winner, because, you know, Keegan Bradley's going to win most of the time. I mean, it's really, uh, they got to they gotta figure it out. Maybe they're going to figure it out moving forward, having these back to back after a major you, you know, can't have these elevated events after a major you know you know we'll we'll get into it in a, in a second but there were some very interesting comments by rory mcelroy after the tournament today and we'll talk about it when when we talk about keegan bradley and the traveler so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our tournaments i'm going to i'm going to give the european standings on the Ryder cup uh although i did see where keegan bradley with his victory will move up to uh on the american right this year he won at the Zozo. That's right. He won at the Zozo earlier this year, which is on the wraparound. So this is his second victory, technically, of the calendar of the PGA calendar year. And uh, then uh, I thought what we do last week, we decided not to do any live talk. So we're going to talk about the Tom Watson letter. We're going to talk about Davis Love. Uh, we're going to talk about an interesting article that was written regarding Patrick Cantlay today. I don't know if you saw that or, or this week by Emin Lynch. Uh, uh, about Patrick Cantlay. And then uh, finally, uh, we're going to go over our, each of us is going to give three winners and losers from the, from the live tour PGA merger. Who we think three, yeah, I'm excited about my list, three winners and three losers. And then finally, uh, by the way, Patrick Cantlay was a loser because he should have taken that money and ran, ran to the live tour, all these guys. Well, that's 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 one of the things we can talk about. And then finally, I was just going to do a little bit uh, since Keegan Bradley uh, may very well make his third Ryder Cup team kind of out of nowhere, to be to be quite honest. I was just going to review Keegan Bradley's performance in his two Ryder Cups in Medina in 2012 and Glen Eagles in 2014. That was our first Ryder Cup, Stacy. But anyway, yeah. uh, well, he lipped to the he lipped to the finish. I tell you that much. It wasn't pretty. I tell you. No, he looked. He was he was leaking oil there at the end. But he had such a big lead. He had a six six shot lead with about what with like five holes to play. He had a six shot lead. Yeah. Nobody really. And everything kept hitting right. That's not that's a sign of nervous because I'll tell you about a right shot I hit today it wasn't good. But so you, it, yeah. So you played you played in this Portland tournament today. And uh, where, where did you play and how did you do? Okay, so I played at Eastmoreland. It's a, a, it, I'm part of this Pacific Northwest golf group, guys group, and they play lots of tournaments all throughout the city. So there's a match play tournament, and I signed up for the match play. I was supposed to have this match a month ago, but the guy kept postponing and postponing and postponing. And finally, after the fifth death in his family, he decided to come out from under the uh, covers and play me. So we played at Eastmoreland at 7.20 this morning. And, you know, he's a super nice guy, but man, did he continue on, Rich. I mean, 
Rich, I couldn't, I mean, I'm about to swing my club and this dude is talking. He's talking in his back swing. So the first hole we play, it's a short, the first hole there at East Morton is a short little par four. So I hit six irons. So like I have like 115 yards to the pin. I knocked it stiff, uh, probably 10 feet from the hole. And this guy was hit his ball right. And he had to take a drop off the cart path. And he chips it up there. He misses his putt. I put it by the hole and I missed my little comeback, but I ended up winning the hole. So I won the second hole. I hit driver right down the middle. I had about 200 yards to the pin or maybe less than that. And he hit it dead right out of bounds. Couldn't find it or whatever. So I beat that hole. So I'm up two. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. And then all of a sudden I make a couple of mistakes on some holes and he ties me. So in the number 10, we're tied. So I, I, the back nine, I hit five iron way down there. I had like a hundred yards, hundred. 40 yards to the pin. I stiff it like five feet, make birdie. And then after that, I was winning and he came back and won on the final hole. So what happened on the final hole? Cause you're tied going oh, 18. Uh, that's a lot of, that's yeah. a lot of, did you well, go, did you go right? Uh, yes. I would rather talk about what happened on the uh, 16th hole, but yes, you're right. I did hit it right. I mean, he hit a drive. So I had won the holes leading up to, and this guy tees off before me. I have the honors on the tee and he just tees off. So he hits driver way down there and on the right hand rough and I miss it right. I'm, I miss it right almost by the driving range and I chip out to less than 150 yards and then I hit a, a gap wedge over the green and then he ends up winning and he had hit two good shots in there. But, oh, yeah, my driver let me down on the last hole. And I've been driving it great all day, but I don't know what happened. You you hit a gap wedge more than 150 yards. That's pretty impressive, Stacey Ham. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I was Adrenaline. watching, I was watching the, the women's PGA, and there was a uh, – like a hundred and you know this is this is the difference between the you know women's and the men's game. There was like a hundred and eighty yard, hundred seventy five, hundred eighty yard par three, and the girls were hitting hybrids. Yeah, they were hitting girls hit it. But I gotta say, Rich, my clubs are a little uh, the lofts are strong, so I, I hit a little like so if I'm hitting it, my gap wedge, I think of my new set of clubs is like a forty eight. Usually, gap wedge like fifty two. Mine's like a forty eight. So I, that's why I'm hitting. Well, I want to go. I want to go out and play. I haven't played golf, except yeah, we except, should play one of these. At, yeah, except at Top Golf. I've been to Top Golf a bunch, and I usually I usually figure out my swing at Top Golf and 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 do okay. But uh, I know those clubs are are you know pieces of crap. Well, we can find some time this weekend. Uh, I'm supposed to go out to group my buddies on Saturday, but maybe Sunday. I mean, it's getting close to the Fourth of July, so maybe we could find some time to go out, have a little dinner, then go play nine holes. Or something. So, so, sounds perfect. Well, let's see. Anything else going on in the Oh gosh, Stacy. Did you did you were, I woke up yesterday and I have to go to my mom's to do her her insulin pump and my mom, you know, my mom is 81. She's sharp as a tack. She's great. And but she's always watching one of two things when I get there. The news, which is great, or she's watching like those true crime documentaries where, you oh, know, God. some woman some woman was murdered by some evil you know, boyfriend she met online or, or something. It's always the same story, right? Anyway, yep. the news is on and and these mercenaries are advancing on Moscow and it's like, oh my God, is Putin going to be out? And for like for like three or four hours, like the world was going to be a better place. The world, but then two things. Number one, you found out that this guy, this mercenary guy, you know, it, it would be like, you know, a mafia boss controlling 
you know, Russia, it wouldn't be a whole lot better than Putin. But then yeah, number two, I agree. next thing you know, he's on his way somewhere else. What are they really thinking? They have no, they have no air support. Yeah, he gets, he gets, he gets to go to uh, Belarus. He's not going to Belarus. He's going to Africa somewhere to fight because they have Wagner in Africa. I think. Are they, he's going to be dead and he'll be dead in a few days. Probably. Yeah. The next, the next time he, he has a cup of coffee, there's going to be radioactive polonium in it. That's yeah. How, that's how Putin I, gets rid of his, his, uh, his adversaries. Do you think it's weakening that his uh, regime, the Putin regime? What do you think? Well, I think it it really says a lot that nobody opposed these people. The, you know, the, the, I think the Russian people are just scared, but they don't want to be in this war. I mean, look at it this yeah. way: if you're if you're a rich Russian, how are you benefiting from this war unless you're a munitions, you know, unless you're a munitions uh, uh, supplier? If you run a factory. Your young men are off fighting some stupid war in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, if if you run a business, you know, the supply chain is is cut off. You, you can't get any goods from Western Europe or from America because they're boycotting you. If you're a poor person, your your sons are being sent off to you know fight in a war that they don't care about. Uh, yep. It has to it has to weaken him. But whether it's going to be a fatal blow, who knows? Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's really sad. We uh, it, we should just let them into the uh, the union and be done with it. They should just be in, and and this would stop this entire war. And then we wouldn't have to worry about anything else. And all those other countries, and like, everyone will be protected. That's what we need to do. I don't know if we're holding our hand. I don't know why we're not saying, "Hey, we're going to let you guys in, and you know, let you in, and we're going to be done, United Nations, and we're going to be done with everything." I don't know what's going on. Well, uh, it's it's. Much harder right now to be in Western Europe. I think I've told everybody that when uh, when I've talked to my friend uh, Lucio Dechakis, you know that life in Italy is altered by this war. Uh, the yeah. price, prices, must be, everything must be super expensive, right? Everything is super expensive. Everything is super expensive. Well, let's. I mean, hope, it's sad. Really sad. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope for peace. But let's uh, let's talk about golf because that's what we're here for. Uh, yeah, what Russian golfers are good? Any Russian good Russian yeah, golfers? What do you think of any Russian? Russia, you know, first of all, I don't think they have a lot of golf courses. Probably at the Black Sea resorts, yeah. but the weather really isn't conducive to golf in Russia. Yeah, short season, shorter than the one in Oregon. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so the Travelers Championship. So the Travelers Championship has been held for many years at TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. And it is one of the shortest courses on the PGA Tour and apparently one of the easiest courses on the PGA Tour. You know, you know, it's an easy course when 66, 66, 64, 64 doesn't win the tournament. You know, uh, what won the tournament was Keegan Bradley, 62, 63, 64, and then 68. And the 68 should have been a 65, should have been 62, 63, 64, 65 couple of bad bogeys coming in but uh keegan bradley do you, you know you heard uh so keegan bradley missed the cut at the u.s open last year he has these cute two cute little boys are they, are they twins they kind of look like twins i don't think so but the wife cute as well she you know who she is she's carlton fisk's niece i know i heard that today She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Beautiful, yeah. And uh, so he went off and played putt putt on Sunday with his kids. After missing the cut, after the US missing Open? the cut, 
And then he comes back and he said that when he was a you know a young golfer, his dream was to play in this tournament. He would always come down and watch this tournament every year. So he said that his uh, favorite golfer was David Duvall, and he would come to Cromwell, Connecticut from his home in Vermont every year and uh, and watch this tournament. And it was his dream wow. to play in it, and now he's won it. And he wins he's it. He's won it how many times now? No, this is, his, this is his first win. He's finished. He's lost. He, he played in 2019. He was in the final group with Ches Reeve, and but Ches Reeve won. Oh, okay. Wow. So uh, he built, I mean, he built a really big lead. He had a five, six stroke lead through much of the afternoon. And, uh, you know, watching a golf tournament when the leader has a five or six stroke lead, you know, on the, on the second half of the back nine isn't exactly interesting, but Keegan made it interesting. There are, there are kind of a couple easy holes coming in. There's a, there's a very reachable par five of like a 523 yard par five. And he put his drive right into the water and then uh, he bogeyed that hole, and then he bogeyed a, an easy drivable par four, uh, and uh, three bogeys coming in. But he still finishes with a three-shot shot victory over uh, Brian Harmon. And what a performance by Zach Blair! Did you even remember yeah. Zach Blair? Zach Blair is from Utah, and was kind of a marginal guy on the PGA Tour a couple of years ago. It was kind of one of these guys who would would get like a hundred and twentieth and keep his card. Uh, but never he's never won anything on the PGA Tour, and he and he got injured and has become a course designer. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. He's a course designer now, but he still plays. He's on a major medical and gets 245 FedEx Cup for, points for finishing second with Brian Harmon. As the bigger names kind of you know didn't play very well on uh, on Sunday. You had well, there's 1.78 million dollars he won gets one, him up there a lot, right? 1.78 million dollars. It's almost half of his total earnings for the rest of his career. So wow. good for Zach Blair. Uh, Patrick yeah. Cantlay bogeyed 18 to uh, get out of that tie. He finishes tied fourth with Ches Reeve, who was not good today. Shot a 71. Is there anyone on the PGA Tour who looks less like a professional athlete than Ches Reeve? No. I mean, uh, yeah, lumpy. Well, when he was on the if you lumpy. saw if you saw Ches Reeve on the street. What would you think he was? You know, an electrician, accountant. an accountant? Yeah. 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 I mean, he is yeah. the least athletic looking guy. He's won four PGA tournaments. Good good for Ches Reeve. Amazing. Good uh, for Ches Reeve. Scotty Scheffler, another good weekend. He he goes 63-70, 63-65. Was either first. That guy's always in the mix. He was in the top three again in the field in strokes gained tee to green. And he's just not putting well enough to win these tournaments, but he's playing well enough to be, I think he's top 10 in his last like seven or eight tournaments. It's amazing. Wow. That's um, why he's number one player in the world, right? Number one player in the world. Denny McCarthy, another good week for Denny McCarthy. He lost in a playoff at the Memorial and he shoots 60, 65, and then a bad round 70. He comes back with a 67 to tie seventh with, with Rory who played very well today. He shot a 64 today and at one point was in second, but then uh, kind of leaked a little bit coming in. Uh, Minwoo Lee and Justin Thomas uh, tied ninth with Corey Connors and Alex Smalley. Uh, Justin Thomas shoots 62-67 on the weekend and seems to have regained some of his mojo. We'll see how that does for him in, in the Ryder Cup standings because he's been free-falling. Uh, another good week for Ricky Fowler. He ties with Hideki Matsuyama for th for 13th 
Just not good on Sundays, though, right? Not good on Sundays. Not 60 on Saturday, 69 on Sunday. So uh, the other Ryder Cup players and President's Cup players, Xander Schauffele ties 19th. Uh, uh, Let's see. Adam Scott also tied 19th with Shane Lowry. Uh, Russell Henley tied 24th. Aaron Rye, who's been moving up on the European side. Ludwig Aberg, you know, on the telecast, yeah, we talked about yeah. how Ludwig Aberg may be someone who Luke Donald is looking for. Probably not for this year, but you know, maybe one of those guys you bring to you bring to Rome to kind of get his feet wet. You don't you don't put him on the team, but you kind of bring him there because you know he's yeah, going to be on yeah. future teams. Uh, I mean, you see this Cameron Young guy. I mean, this, he didn't talk about it. he's top of fifteen, but Cameron Young made the number. He made the cut on the number, and he uh, tied for 15, which is pretty impressive, right? No, no. That's Carson Young. Remember, there's, oh, that's, there's two oh, Young. Oh, yeah. Cameron Young played oh, like crap. crap. Carson Young, Carson Young. We always talk about how there's Cameron tournaments and Carson tournaments. The elevated events are oh, Cameron yeah, tournaments, that. and the non-elevated events, Carson Young tournaments. No, that was Carson oh, okay. Young, who had one of his best weeks of the year, 69, 66, 65, 65, to finish tied 15th. Sorry, Carson Young. Cameron Young was terrible. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sanjay M. and Victor Hovland tied 29th. Uh, Cam Davis uh, tied 33rd with uh, Tom Kim tied 38th. Davis Riley and Tony Finau tied 45th. You know, Tony's making his way off this team. Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, yeah. uh, tied 49th. Sahith Tagala not making any progress. He's tied 52nd. Uh, Cameron Young tied 60th, 67, 69, wow. 72, 67 uh, with Harris English. And then, you know, a lot of these guys who need good performances, I mean, it, we're, we're coming down to to the end of when these guys are going to be able to get points, especially the guys who who don't play well at the, at the Open Championship, because not, not all the American golfers play well on Lynx courses. So uh, yeah. uh, Kurt Kediyama has fallen out of his Ryder Cup position. Uh, Colin Morikawa misses the cut. Uh, let's see. Seamus Power misses the cut. Max Homa has not been playing well lately. He misses the cut. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood missed the cut. John Rahm, world number two, misses the cut. Uh, let's see. Cameron Champ continues to struggle. He misses the cut. Francisco Molinari misses the cut. His brother played pretty well this week in, uh, wow. in Germany. Uh, Billy Horschel. Uh, maybe get making that president's cup team just, you know, uh, that was his motivation for playing well this year. Cause he's had a terrible year and, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I, the, you asked which big names last week, you asked which big names weren't playing this week. I guess it's Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth didn't play this week. So did he get fined for not playing or no? No, I think they're oh, and Sam Burns didn't play this week. I guess they're allowed to miss one elevated event. Oh, okay. They're, they're allowed to miss. They're each allowed to miss one elevated event. So, I mean, but Rich, if you look at the FedEx Cup, I mean, you look at the point there. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but I mean, you're right. It's getting down to the it's getting down to the nitty gritty, and there are a lot of guys that are outside the top seventy. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think I, Justin, mean, I think Justin Thomas probably this week got inside the top seventy, but he was outside. He was seventy eight. Adam Scott was also outside. He was outside the top. Justin eight. Thomas is seventy eight, so he made. You're right. He was seventy eighth going into this week, so in, he made some money. Week. So he made he made some yeah. points. He finished. Uh, he finished top 10 and that'll, that'll, that'll help out. Will they get him to the, he'll be close to 70, but not in 70 with that money, right? Well, 73 points. Yeah. It's not, it's not a ton. He'll probably be yeah. close, close to 70. Um, but you know, I, I saw 
Rory came out with comments after this tournament. He said that the the uh, the skill of the players has uh, outlived TPC River Highlands. Basically, said that this course has no business no business being you know at least an elevated event on the PGA Tour. And I don't disagree with him. I, I don't want to see these twenty three under pars and twenty six under pars. I want to see these guys strug- struggle a little bit. This is a tournament where you, it's not an elevated tour. You give guys who are in that 80 to 100 range to give them an opportunity to make it to the, it, it, try to earn some points. So you open it up to a lot of players and the top players shouldn't have to go to the travelers. Or if they, if it's an elevated event, you have a break in between a major. I agree. You have a break in between the major. Yeah. Have a week off for people or, you say, or something. Or you, or you say you have these tournaments be like partnered. So here you have the Travelers this week, and the uh, it's, it's the Detroit tournament. I forget what, I, what what the name of the tournament is, but it's, it's the it's the tournament that gets held every year in Detroit is next yeah. year. And uh, I think it's the Rocket. Is it the Rocket Mortgage? I think it might be the Rocket. Yeah, Mortgage in Detroit. I think you're right. So you say to the Travelers and the Rocket Mortgage, one year the Travelers is the elevated event, and the Rocket Mortgage will be played the week after the U.S. Open. The Travelers will be paid the week after that, two yeah. weeks after the yep. U.S. Open, and then the next year you switch and the, and the, and the rocket will be the elevated event. The travelers won't be. And the one that's not an elevated event gets played the week after it's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to do. Yeah, I agree. It should not have an elevated, it is, not that the course is shitty, but it's kind of shitty. You know, you should not have an elevated event. Yeah. You're right. Well, and yeah. And, and, and I think Rory's right. I mean, I think the elevated events should be on courses like Bay Hill and Memorial yeah. and Torrey Pines you know, that are, I agree. that are more difficult courses where you're not going to see John Deere's quad city open scores. You're going to see, you're going to see a challenging courses for the best players in the world. So, and that John Deere is coming up, right? It's Morocco mortgage, John Deere. And then they go right to the uh, Scottish open. Is the Scottish open the same week as the John Deere? You know what? I don't know. I know the Scottish open is, is a joint event of both tours. Um, oh, okay. And I think they have the Irish Open the week before the Scottish Open, but oh, not, not as many right. American players play in the Irish Open. But like an, a lot of the best American players and PGA Tour players will go over and play the Scottish Open to prepare for the British for the Open Championship. Oh, okay. Let's see. I know, so, I know Patrick, uh, Patrick Cantlay said that, you know, he'll see everybody at the, at the Scottish Open. Yeah, so the June 29th to the July 2nd is Rocket Mortgage. Then you have the match. Who's the match? Win golf? I don't know. That. I that's think the match is, is, is football players playing against each other. Oh, God, that's just terrible. And then the John Deere is the 6th through the 9th, and the Barbersall is the 13th through the 16th. It's the same as the Genesis Scottish Open, the Barbersall. Right. I think that's for the guys who aren't going to play in the Open Championship. Yeah. So you have the Rocket Mortgage, John Deere, and then you have uh, Genesis. So two weeks to go before the Open Championship, the Little Royal Little. Yeah, it's mid mid uh, July, mid July. All right. Well, uh, great win for Keegan Bradley. Uh, we we they said on the telecast today. Oh no no, I saw on a tweet today that he with this win was going to move up to seventh in the Ryder Cup standings. So when we go over the Ryder Cup standings on the American side, we're going to assume that Keegan has been moved up to seventh and. Uh, I don't know how any of the other standings are going to change, but we can assume that Keegan has been moved up to seventh. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, I'm just looking at that schedule, Rich, and thank God I'm going to Mitch's birthday. Our good buddy Mitch and uh, 
and it, it's the weekend of the Genesis, the Scottish Open, so I'm not going to be able. I, I get home and I'll be here for the. I'll be home for the Open Championship. Thank God. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, it'll be happy birthday to to our uh, my old my old neurosurgical partner Mitch Weinstein, who's turning eighty. He's moved to to Denver. Uh, yeah. Not not. He exactly. told me he's bored out of his mind last night. That's what he told me. Well, he said he wished he was thirty five again. Well, we I, know. Well, why, I wish know, I was twenty five. We know why Mitch wishes he was thirty five again. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, Mitch's mouth—he'd be in so much trouble. He's not politically yeah, he correct. Would. Yeah, he's, there's he's no not, D and I for him that would not protect him. Uh, yeah, you, you, uh, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch was the was was a neurosurgeon when I was chief of neurosurgery at Kaiser, and he got into trouble one day because there was a one of our partners had actually passed away, and so all of his patients had to be distributed amongst you know the rest of us. And he sees this lady who had seen our, our partner, Tony Zelaya, who had passed away. And the patient obviously didn't know that Tony had died. And uh, she was somewhat of a, of a portly lady. And she was bitching about Tony because Tony had not offered her surgery and said that she needed to lose weight before surgery and was bitching about him. And Tony was Mitch's best friend. And he says to the lady, I thought all you fat people were supposed to be jolly. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. He's the guy who wears it. A- He's the guy who put the uh, uh, pillowcase over his head and walked into the OR. Jesus Christ. Yeah, with an African-American <laughs> traveling nurse. Yeah. And he didn't cut any holes in it, right? <laughs> there were no holes. <laughs> well, today was one of those days that uh, if you were a golf fan watching TV, you were uh, uh, going back and forth, or maybe you had a split screen between the travelers, or maybe you were watching more of the uh, LPGA because – uh, yeah. The women's uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship was, uh, unlike the men's tournament, which you know Keegan Bradley was winning handily and the scores were you know outrageous. Uh, the women were playing at Baltrazal, and boy, they had a uh, a close finish. They were the women were bunched up till the very end. When what uh, happened to Leona McGuire? She did not play well today. She shot a seventy-four today. Well. It's, that's a tough course. Baltrazal is, you know, when I think of the really tough courses that, you know, when they have the U S open, they tend to shoot, you know, close to even par. I think about Baltrazal and, and Marion and Oakmont and maybe winged foot, you know, really, really tough courses. Uh, Beth page black, of course. Well, we all were, you know, in this country, we were all hoping for a 20 year, 20 year old Chinese woman to win. And Rose Zhang is her first uh, major as a professional was in there until she had a late bogey and then couldn't take advantage of those two late par fives. She finished tied eighth at five under par, but Ruang Yin, a 20 year old Chinese girl, uh, uh, gets a birdie on, on the, on 18, right? Birdie on 18 to shoot 67 and beat Yuka Sasso by one shot. She becomes the second, second Chinese woman to, uh, uh, Second Chinese woman ever to win a major. Who was the first? Shinshin Fang? Shinshin Fang in 2012. Fang. Wow. Wow. Interesting. I mean, it's a good tournament. That, uh, Carlota Saganda, I haven't seen her. She hasn't been playing that well. She's been on a tour a long time. She finished top third. Megan Kane of Lone American in the top 10. Well, Roseanne's in the top 10, but there are not very many Americans that are playing that well these days, right? Uh, no. No. Uh, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for Rose Yang, it would be Megan Kang would have been uh, the only American in the top 14. The next 
uh, Americans you got were at two under par, uh, Allison Corpas, Lauren Coughlin, and Sarah Schmeisel. But yeah, the, and I don't even know those girls. Do you know them? Uh, no, the Americans that that are better known, uh, uh, Solheim Cup kind of participants. Mina Haragay was tied twenty fourth. Uh, Cheyenne Knight tied thirtieth. Angel Yin tied thirtieth. Danielle Kang thirty ninth. Uh, Lexi Thompson forty seventh. Um, and as you said, uh, uh, Nellie Corded, uh, Marina Alex didn't make the cut. Ali Ewing didn't make the cut. Jennifer Cupshow. Uh, Christy Kerr uh, didn't make the cut, and and the Amazing. other quarter sister, yeah. the, the other quarter sister Jessica Court is still out injured. Nellie Court, awful, seventy six, seventy seven. She had back issues. Do you know what type of back issues she had? Oh, she was going to have spasms. She was going to have surgery. I thought. Yeah. Oh really? Whoa. Uh, Lizette Salas, yeah. Lizette Salas, seventy six, eighty one. Austin Ernst withdrew. Uh, so not not a really good performance for for the American contingent. But uh, uh, Yin, 20-year-old Chinese uh, woman, wins by one shot over Japanese uh, Yuka Sasso. Uh, and then a bunch of players at six under par, Kolata Saganda, Megan Kang, Jihu Lin, another Chinese girl, Stephanie Meadow, an English woman who was kind of a journeyman. She never won before. Uh, yeah, 42 uh, years old, right? Uh, yeah, she played, played really well. Anna Nordfist uh, shot 65 on Sunday to get into that tie for third. Uh, and then the rest of the top uh, 10, Rose Zhang, uh, Ayaka, Ayaka Furu, Japanese, and Jenny Shin from Korea. Wow. I mean, what a, what a, like, I mean, I, I Rich, I, I, you know, we just finished the women said, man, let's talk about this, this, uh, the, the champions tour. Oh my God. And then we'll cover the DP tour. But this, this, I mean, this Patrick Harrington guy, he, he's quite amazing on this tour. I mean, He's quite amazing recently because he he played well. He's played well at the PGA. He is, I mean, at, at, at yeah, was, he played well at, at, at the uh, what, US Open. Just at, yeah, at well. the U.S. Open, he played well. Yeah, it's amazing, right? It's, I mean, look at the score. It's, it's amazing how good Patty Harrington and Steve Stricker are. Both it's of amazing them. how good they are. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Steve, so Steve, amazing. Steve Stricker has won uh, both majors so far this year, two majors so far this year. Patty Harrington is still competitive on the PGA Tour. Uh, and basically, either Stricker or Harrington seems to win every week. This week, Patty Harrington had to do a Kevin Streelman, right? You know, just just yeah. birdie, 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 birdie down down the uh, down Amazing. the stretch to to win the tournament by one shot over Joe Durant and two over Ernie Els. I mean, it's amazing. You look at the. I mean, I love looking at the PGA. I mean, I I kind of look at it because we look we're golf guys and we look at everything. But it's amazing all these guys that we kind of grew up with, right? I mean, Ernie Els back in the day, Darren Clark. Uh, Miguel Anna Jimenez, Y.E. Yang, DJ Singh, Goose, and all these guys. I mean, we those were the guys when we were growing up. Uh, Tampling, Karen, all these guys are the people. They were the guys that we grew up watching on the PGA Tour, right? Yeah. Yeah, when it was a fat man's game, kind of, right? I mean, it was like guys went in shape like Tiger, and then Tiger comes along. But all these guys are just playing great on the championship. And so, Project Harrington is just simply amazing. Na name a guy for me who's currently playing on the PGA tour, but is like in his forties, who you think is going to be a superstar on the champions tour. Like, you know, cause uh, we Stuart, all thought. Stuart we, Saint. Yeah. Cause like we all thought Furyk would be a superstar on the champions tour and he's not right. Yeah. Phil, yeah. Phil basically won every time he wanted to win on the champions tour. Um, so Stuart Sink's a good answer. How about someone who's not 50 yet? Somebody who's like in their forties, 
uh, or like 45, who you think is, you know, still plays well enough that they're going to be good when they get to the Champions Tour? I, don't, I mean, I'd have to look. I can't. Let's see. Let me think off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell I'm me? Gonna give I, you one. I'm going to give you one. I think Zach Johnson is going to win lots of majors on the yeah, championship on the Champions Tour. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't that's, think. He's, uh, what about? Uh, yeah, Zach Johnson is going to be good. What about uh, uh, Matt Kuchar? I, I think so. Yeah, I think Matt Kuchar because neither of those guys has ever relied on hitting the ball long. Yeah. I mean, those are probably two that are, when they turn 50, they're going to be pretty darn good out there. I think they're going to be good on the Champions Tour. And I think that, you know, you also have to think about guys who don't have much of a life. So they're going to want to play a lot of golf still. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, they're bored. You know, like, really. when, like when Tony Finau hits 50, he's just going to be, a, a, you know, he's probably going to have 17 grandkids by then. Knowing, knowing, knowing. Well, I mean, the kids are only going to be, by the time he turns 50, the kids, his oldest kid will be about 12. I mean, come on. Jeez. He's a young guy that's going to be. Yeah, he's a young guy. All right. The DP World Tour. So the DP World Tour played in uh, another, uh, the second second tournament in a row in Germany. This was the BMW International Open. And I watched a little bit of this on Saturday morning and Sunday before I went off to play tennis. And here's what I learned in this tournament. That I've been saying Juice Luton's name wrong. It's Juice Lauten. Lauten. It's Lauten, not Luton. Uh, well, the only thing I have to say, Rich, it's the most boring. Go- I love golf, and it's kind of boring. And I'm a and I'm a European tour guy. I love European tour golf. So the winner of this tournament is Thurston Lawrence, who I looked him up, and they said, "Oh, he's won four tournaments in the South last." South Africa. He's a South African. He's won four tournaments in the last two years. Well, two of the tournaments were on the Sunshine Tour, co-sponsored by the DP Tour. With with, it's kind of like winning oh. the Barbasol. Or the Puerto Rican yeah. Open, but he, it is his no second, one plan in the field. It's his second, you know, real tournament win. He shoots a sixty-nine to beat Juiced Lauten by one stroke, and Adrian Moronk, Rikuya uh, uh, Hoshino, and uh, Daniel Hillier, and Maximilian Kiefer by two strokes. Matthew Pavon, Rasmus Norgard Peterson, a Danish golfer, and another Dutch golfer, Don Hoitzing. Uh, are tied seventh and then uh tenth Guido Migliozzi. Good, good, good week for Guido wow, good uh with Callum Hill. I think it's too little too late for the Ryder Cup team. Uh yeah. Other Ryder Cup kind of guys, Victor Perez and Robert McIntyre, they kind of held serve with one another, tied 18th with Eduardo Molinari. And uh Jamie Donaldson. I'm gonna mention Jamie this Jamie Donaldson's gonna get two mentions in this week's podcast. He finished tied 26th uh with Wilco Ninabar. And I mean, that's, oh, there's Henny Duplice, another uh, exiled yeah. live golfer. Uh, Luke Donald. Robert, uh, Robert uh, McIntyre finished tied at 18th. Tied 18th. Yeah. Luke, Luke Donald tied 47th. Luke Donald should have been a good senior tour golfer, but I don't know that he's going to be. His game's kind of eroded. Yeah, you think he would be good out there. He doesn't, I mean, he's kind of, act, uh, yeah, right. His game's not like this. His game is kind of eroded. Maybe and, he'll just be the, uh, European captain for a number of years. They might need him to. Uh, not making the cut, you had Andy Sullivan, former Ryder Cupper, uh, not making the cup and, cut, and I don't, Nicholas Colsarts, another former Ryder Cupper. Rasmus Hoygaard withdrew from this tournament, shot 73 the first day and withdrew. 
so, so that's a, that's our that's our week in golf. Um, so let me let me quickly go over the standings on the U.S. side. So the interesting thing, Keegan Bradley coming into this week was nineteenth, and he's apparently going up to seventh. So what that's going to do is it's going to kick Kurt Kitayama out of the top twelve, which you know Kurt Kitayama has not been playing well lately. But it's going to move Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa and Sam Burns and Cameron Young down. Uh, so, you know, all of those guys are in danger of not making the Ryder Cup team. Cam Young, Sam Burns, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas. Although something tells me Justin Thomas will get a captain's pick no matter what, just based upon, you know, name recognition. But, you know, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau, uh, uh, Sagith Tagala, and, and Kurt Kitayama as well as those guys, they have work to do. These next four or five weeks are very important for those guys. I mean, you think Tony Finau, I mean, would he, he would get a captain's pick. I th- he's won one time this year, right? Or twice. I, th- I th- He's won, has he won twice this year? I know he went one in Mexico. Yeah. And then he won in the States, right? So he's won twice yeah, he's this won year, twice but this year. they're not big caliber tournaments. That's the thing. That's right. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think he'll get, I think he'll get a captain's pick because he's, he's a perfect Ryder cup player. He makes so many birdies. He, really he makes so many birdies. And I mean, he always finishes in the top. I mean, he's always there in the tournament. He makes the cut, but I don't know. I mean, Carmel Carlo, those guys got a long ways to go. I mean, they're not going to probably not going to make it unless they win something they, big. They need to start playing better. Cameron Young, Colin yeah. Murakawa, you know, have to start playing better. Sam Burns hasn't been yeah. playing great lately. Now, on the European side, the, the big change is last week, we told you that Yannick Paul had gone into the top four on European Cup points, bumping out Adrian Moronk uh, with Victor Perez in fourth. Well, this week, Adrian Moronk finishes third on the DP World Tour and bumps Victor Perez. So you have John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Yannick Paul, and Adrian Moronk on European, on European points. And then, the, and then the next four on the European side, uh, as has been the case, Victor Hovland, Ty Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Tommy Fleetwood. And then the next four in line for captain's picks, and I think they're probably all good captain's picks, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Sepp Straka, and Seamus Power. I would, that would be a pretty good team, Stacy. That's a pretty strong team. Yeah. You can hide, pretty strong team. You can hide you know, Seamus Power and Sepp Straka if you want to a little bit. Uh, although yep. Sepp Straka played well in the Olympics, and Seamus Power is a good golfer. They're just not quite, yeah. you know, to the world caliber of the other guys. But, you know, you can hide them a little bit the first two days, and uh, uh, the the top ten with with the the eight who are in on points and Justin Rose with his experience and success in the Ryder Cup, and Shane Lowry loves the Ryder Cup. Uh, that's that's a darn good team. That's a good team. Yeah, I mean, they're it's going to be competitive. I mean, we're going to have to come to play because the course is going to be tough, and we're going to have to bring our best. So we'll see. Well, before, before we get to our live discussion, I was just going to go over, since it looks like Keegan Bradley is going to make the team, I want to remind everybody, Keegan Bradley has been a really good Ryder Cup player. In fact, in 2012, he made his debut. Do you remember this at Medina? So Keegan Bradley comes out, and Phil Mickelson had been a, a mediocre Ryder Cup player for years. So they pair Keegan Bradley with Phil Mickelson. Keegan's uh, you know, a rookie on the team. He's just won the PGA, coming, kind of coming out of nowhere. They put him with Phil Mickelson. Keegan's fiery. Uh, he's actually he's kind of Captain America, you know, without the cheating, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they come out. 
on Thursday morning. He plays with Phil Mickelson, and they boat race Luke Donald and Sergio Garcia, which is a great team at the time. That was when Luke Donald was, you know, top five in the world, and Sergio Garcia's top player in the world. U.S. ties the session. It's 2-2. They go out in the afternoon. Mickelson and Keegan Bradley, a 2-1 and one win over Graham McDowell and Rory McIlroy, another great win. The U.S. wins the session and goes up 5-3. They come out again on Saturday morning. Mickelson and Bradley, they boat race Lee Westwood and Luke Donald, 7-6 and six, as part of a 3-1 win for the U.S., putting them up 8-4. The afternoon session, Mickelson and Bradley rest. The session is halved. Well, we all know what happened Sunday. The Europeans come back from a 10-6 deficit to win the Ryder Cup. And uh, Keegan Bradley, uh, unfortunately for him, gets paired up with Rory McIlroy. And they had a good match. Rory beat him 2-1, and one, so, so Keegan was competitive. He winds up with three points in the Medina Ryder Cup, tied with uh, Jason Duffner, Dustin Johnson, and Phil Mickelson. At the time, Keegan was number 14 in the world, and he actually had the fourth. He, he got in on points. He was number four on the U.S. team in points. Do you, do you remember Keegan in that, in that 2012 Ryder Cup? I don't remember him, no. I do. Cause we, we wanted to go to that Ryder Cup. We, we, that was going yeah. to be our first Ryder Cup. But right before that. was a layoff that, year. Right before that, yeah. We both, you know. Uh, lost of shit, yeah. We, we both lost our jobs. Me at Kaiser. Yeah. You know, yeah. You me know, at Medtronic. Middle finger to. Uh, yeah, the, both of them. To, Medtronic. To Kaiser and Medtronic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, middle finger. To middle finger to both of them. Uh, okay. And then. Keegan comes back in 2014. Now, in 2014, he needed a captain's pick. He had uh, gone down to 26th in the world, and he was 13th in points, although uh, on, for the U.S. side, two of the U.S. guys weren't able to participate. Jason Duffner had to bow out because of a neck injury, and Dustin Johnson had to bow out because of uh, nose injury. Nose injury. What did he do? Uh, Coke? Cocaine. He had a his, little Coca Cola. He was in rehab. Yeah, he was in. Dustin Johnson was after in rehab. sleeping with someone's wife, and then yeah. cocaine. Yeah. So at Glen Eagles, this was our first Ryder Cup. And, oh, so and, fun! And uh, this was part of the controversy. So I don't know if you remember this. I didn't remember till today. Um, Mickelson and 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 Keegan Bradley go out on Saturday morning. And they get a one-up win over Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy. Big win, you know, over the number one European team. U.S. wins the session two and a half to one and a half. We're all psyched. In the afternoon, however, uh, they get their first loss. The Mickelson-Bradley team loses uh, three and two to the immortal Victor Dubuisson and Graham McDowell. The U.S. gets boat raced in that session three and a half to one half. And then Friday comes around, and Tom Watson didn't play these guys either day. Didn't play them, or either session. Didn't play them in the morning or the afternoon. That's why Phil Mickelson was angry. He's like, yeah, fine to sit us one session, but why'd you sit us two sessions? And Tom Watson just said, you know, that was what I thought was best, of course. He's the captain. But, I, you know, looking back on it, this team had done really well. This team had yeah. a, you know, a four-and-one record as a team. You should have played him one of those sessions. Should have played him one. I session. agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And then, I mean, I yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead, Rich. No, no, go ahead. 
No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, then in the afternoon, uh, or excuse me, in the Sunday singles, uh, Keegan was terrible. He lost five and three to dun, da, 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 Jamie Donaldson. I told you Jamie Donaldson was going to show up again. Uh, <laughs> pro- probably the last time Jamie Donaldson's ever going to show up in one of our podcasts, The Welshman. Five and three. And I remember we were on, I think it was the third or fourth hole. It was a long par four, and we were up at the green uh, on the long par four, or, or maybe we were just short of the green on long par four, and Keegan did not play the hole well. He was in the rough, then he had to chip it out and uh, lost, lost that hole to Jamie Donaldson on, on his way to a, to a, you know, a boat race loss. A boat racing, yeah. yeah. That was my, one of my favorite. One of my favorite uh, rider cups. Oh, I think it's still my favorite. I, it was such a beautiful course and such wonderful people. And Yeah, it was lovely. It really was lovely. Ro- uh, Rome's going to be amazing, too. Ro- Rome will be amazing, amazing too. And, and I told you, I, I, got, I got two things this week, Stacey Ham. I, uh, I got our last bit of swag came in. So I'm going to see you next, oh, next weekend. So you're going to like this. Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah. We're going to go to Hey Love, right? Next We're going to Hey Love. I got our last piece of swag in. And uh, I got our plane tickets from Berlin to Rome on the uh, the Spirit Airlines of of Europe, uh, EasyJet. Easy. Well, I'm gonna make sure I uh, take my bag with me because I remember what happened last time we were on a jet. Yeah, we're not put, we're not putting any jet. we're not putting anything in the in the cargo hold on one of those cheap European airlines. You know, we went on a we were what what Stacy's talking about is is. Uh, uh, our last trip to Europe before COVID, we went with our friend Anna to Spain and Morocco, and we flew from Morocco back to Spain so we could go home on an airline called Vueling. And, and they made us put our luggage in the plane. They wouldn't let us carry it on. And then they lost it. So we arrived in Barcelona with no luggage. And they had this policy that said if they lost their luggage, they had to pay you $50 per day. And we all put in our claims, and not one of us ever saw a cent. Not a cent. Terrible. Terrible. And our luggage, was awful. Our luggage was lost for, I don't know about yours, mine was lost for like four days. I got it back. I got my luggage back in Portland like three or four days later. I don't, I think I got mine a lot later, unless I just left it there. But I don't think it was, for, I don't know. It was terrible. I'm never flying that shitty airline. Or if I am, I'm carrying on. Remember, so I'm going to really try to pack a light when I go to this uh, this event. All right, so let's uh, we're gonna let's let's talk about a little bit before we go about the live and uh, PGA Tour, whatever. It's, you know, so, you know, some people call it a merger, but it's not. We're not sure what it is yet, do we? We're not really it's a sure. Takeover. It's a takeover by the Saudis. Yeah. All right. Yep. So. Uh, on June 19th, Tom Watson, uh, who may not have done a good job by not putting Keegan Bradley and Phil Mickelson out, uh, wrote an open letter to Jay Monahan. Okay, Jay Monahan, he wishes him a speedy recovery because Jay Monahan was in the hospital. And he says that, I'm going I'm to try to get to the end of it. He talks about the many unanswered questions, but mostly what, what Tom Watson, let's see if I can get to the end of this letter. Um, sorry about this, guys. Uh, he says there are many unanswered questions which I hope will be addressed by, uh, with the players by tour management at the Travelers. What does acceptance of this partnership mean to the tour? What do we get? What do we give up? 
why was this deal done with such secrecy and not and the players on the tours policy board not included this deserves a thorough vetting uh i have a he goes i have a basic understanding of of saudi arabia's uh, pif and the and the role it plays in the world economy and how it invests in u.s brands and businesses which are part of our everyday lives uh i wonder if the pga tour has guidelines for for sponsorship have we as a body defined an acceptable percentage of PIF funding? These questions are compounded by the hypocrisy in disregarding the moral issue, a position which for a long time was publicly highlighted by tour leadership. While it is accepted that the players would value the opportunity to make more money, it has also been illustrated that not all of our players are in search of money at all costs. Those who stay true to the tour for whatever personal reasons or position of moral conscience uh, are more than a few outliers. There are widespread rumors of the tour offering financial reparation to those players who rejected offers from live surely that alone misses the larger issue of context here and he goes on to talk about 911 uh the reversal does appear to indicate a more desperate financial situation than has been previously revealed for the tour and we've talked about that that we really think that the reason for this is more financial than anything else but it really a kind of a scathing letter by Tom Watson. Now, interestingly, Davis Love III, who had been probably the harshest critic, he and Fred Couples, I guess, of, of the Live Tour, came up and then preached patience to the players, which, you know, uh, was unusual. What do you think of, of oh, really? Yeah, preach patience to wait to see how this was going to, you know, play out. So what did you think of Tom Watson's letter? I love it. I, I, I think it was a good letter. I mean, I think he, there are a lot of unanswered questions and the biggest one is why did they make it happen? Why did he feel compelled to make it to do this without any of the players knowing, like behind their back and not including them? I mean, but people said that Rory and, and Tiger had to know. They're like, they, they're sure some people talked to them before. But when you hear, from, Tiger hasn't said anything, but Rory says he didn't know. But I, It's very interesting. Tiger has said absolutely nothing. He said nothing. I bet he knew the whole. Don't you think Jay Monahan went to Tiger Rory and says, "Look, this is what we're thinking about doing." Uh, one one has to assume so. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think so. The, the guys are the biggest proponents of the tour. You're not going to go tell them that this deal is, uh, you know, we're going to make this deal. You have to, or if you don't, that means you don't really care about those players because you know, it's going to happen anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think. I think it's just a, I don't know if it's a bad deal, but I think their PGA tour got desperate and they saw they didn't have any money. They're going to lose these, these lawsuits going to drain them. I, and I think that's why PIF did it because they, they knew those lawsuits were going to drain them. So, uh, two things. Yeah. I, so last week my Twitter war was with, was with, uh, the university of West Virginia basketball fan base this week, you know, it's sad. And by the way, Rich, they still haven't had a first round. They see yeah, a lottery pick. Yeah, no first round picks. Oh god. I guess we, there are no top twenty five program. We we haven't talked about it. Next week we gotta talk about the Blazers and Damian Lillard. And you know, maybe something will have happened by next week. Next week we'll talk about the Blazers. Yeah. Um but uh I meant to I meant to bring up the NBA draft and, and the dilemma that our Blazers were in, but we'll 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 do that the next time. Uh Rick Riley, who I, I think I'm gonna meet in the next couple days at a charity event here. Uh, has been an anti-Live guy, and he was in a, a Twitter beef with Live Golf Nation, which is one of these bot sites. And I stood up for for for, for Rick Riley, and the guy 
accused me. I, I said I, he accused me of being Antifa because I was from Portland. Okay, he accused me of being Antifa because I was from Portland, and I and I wrote back to him. I said, I said, you're right. Yeah, the the number one recruiting ground for Antifa are are middle aged golf nerd physicians. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Yeah, you got it. He uh, nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I he said he didn't want to read any of Rick Riley's books, and I said, well, I do, but I also want to read your book. How I became a, a, a fanboy for my Saudi overlords, or or MSAGA, or make Saudi Arabia great again, because yeah. all because all of these live guys are Trumpers. They all are Trumpers. In this They're country, all playing with them and everything. Yeah, in this country, all it's politicized. It, Donald Trump has been pro-live, and Donald Trump is pro-live because they're the only people who will play on his courses anymore. Yeah, and the people that'll pay him money. That's the thing. So he didn't care, right? Well, anyway, Eamon Lynch wrote this story uh, this week uh, about Patrick Cantley. And he said that Patrick Cantley has been playing both sides. He's on the tour. He's on this tour policy committee, but he's also been openly flirting with the live tour trying to get money. And so Eamon Lynch goes, Patrick Cantley, who carries himself with the assurance of a man convinced he'd be a partner at Goldman Sachs if he wasn't merely sporting its logo on his cap, has been trying to rally players against the deal with the Saudis and against members of the tour's policy board who architected or supported it. It hardly needs to be stated that his objections aren't based upon the morality of dealing with human rights abusers. Existing PGA, or, uh, PGA Tour incentives won't much benefit Cantlay. He won't get rich from the player impact program that bonuses stars on fan engagement since the only needle he moves is the gas gauge on his car. So the logic of, Cant of Cantley's coup, coup d'etat is that if Liv disappears as a threat, a likely occurrence under the deal, then players like him will have no options, no leverage over the tour, and no prospects for the lucrative payday to which they feel entitled. Multiple sources say Cantley has romanced Liv for some time, including while being a sitting member of the tour's policy board, all while maintaining a gymnast balance as a fence sitter in public. So, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So, so let me ask you this. Why didn't he take the money? I mean, they, he and Xander must feel like, whoa, we should have taken the money. I bet they do. I bet I bet they were, you know, on the fence and were waiting to see maybe how some of the legal things plan, you know, panned out. And yeah, uh, yeah maybe maybe they were how just, much you, how much do you think those guys would have gotten Xander you know, and Cantley? See, the thing is, who got the most money was was you know the best players Bill. and personalities. You know, yep. Patrick Cantlay doesn't have a personality. A uh, personality of a bore, uh, of a wall. Yeah. And Xander Shoffley yeah. does. Xander Shoffley has a little bit of a personality, doesn't he? he I was, like him, yeah. He's great at the Olympics. But maybe Xander yep. didn't want to go. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe Xander didn't want to go. Who knows? But, yeah. uh, you know, we'll never know now, will we? I know. They're, they're, I'm, I'm sure. Do you think they would have got more than Kepka? They never won a major. No. Do you think they would have got more than Kepka? No, I think Greg Norman wanted major winners. I think I think so, it was yeah. more important to him to have major winners than I think Patrick Reed was more important to him than Patrick Cantley. Cantley or Shoffley, yeah. Even though they won a lot more, on, they won more than Patrick uh, Reed on tour, right? Even though they're younger, better, and yeah. don't carry the negative baggage. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to finish up by giving our three winners and three losers so far in all of this, and 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 just let's predicate this by saying that it's early. We don't know yet. We don't know how this is going to happen. What, what's going to what's going to happen 
but let's uh, give our let's let's you want to start with winners or losers? Uh, let's start with the losers. Start with the losers. Okay, give me your first loser, and I'll, and uh, the PGA Tour, such a loser. They came in from a they had a position of power, but they lost all of it with the PIF. So PGA Tour definitely a loser. See, I, all the members, everyone's a loser. See, I don't know that the PGA Tour is a loser because I I think that. I, I think they may get the live players back. I think their purses are going to be fine. Uh, see, I think that Jay Monahan is going to be the loser. I think Jay Monahan is now widely unpopular for brokering this deal without the players' knowledge. Uh, the players are pissed at him. The 9-11 families are pissed at him. Liv, it's not like Liv likes him now. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think you know he's going to be a sacrificial lamb. I think somebody else is going to be in that overseer position before too long. And even if they're well, not, the reason I say he's a loser is because he is head of the PGA Tour, so the tour has to be a loser because he made this deal on behalf of the tour and not on behalf of the player. So, I, yeah, I just think I, I just think that Jay Monahan before this was kind of a golden boy, uh, and uh, I think he I think he's lost a lot of his luster. You know, for even though he you know he said I know I appear like a hypocrite, even though it may be something he was forced into, uh, he de- he does look like a hypocrite. And I think Jay Monahan is a loser. You say the okay. PGA Tour. Okay, who's your second loser? Uh, I say Tiger Woods because he promoted, he got all the players together. He was the instrumental in trying to keep the, everyone together, not join the live. And he turned down a lot of money. And now look what's going to happen. He would have got all that money and been able to be able to play on the PGA Tour. So Tiger is the big second biggest loser. So I have as I have as my as my second biggest loser. Uh, or as, as my other, I, I didn't rank them, but I have as, as a loser, uh, Greg Norman. Because I think Greg Norman's oh, wow. going to be out. I think Greg Norman's out at live. You don't wow. hear you don't hear the Saudis talking about Greg Norman anymore. Uh, and no, although, he, although he still has bluster, he's apparently not even in charge of live. And, and the thought is that if the PGA Tour decides to uh, get rid of live uh, as, a, as a formal entity, what, what further role will Greg Norman have? So I think yeah. Greg Norman yeah, comes good. out of this having having lost a lot of his power and luster. And wow. as you say, he, we'll see we'll see what it looks like at Valderrama next week, where there is a live tournament. Yeah. Whether Greg Norman's there, because Greg Norman has yeah. been nowhere to be seen. The only Normans that I've seen are his kids. I've seen his kids tweeting, but I've seen nothing from the shark. All right, who's your third loser? Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy. He's carried this banner. He's helped the tour. He did everything for them, and then they kind of like sit in his face, kind of. They, I mean, you know, they, 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 Jay Monahan wasn't supportive of him. And I think Rory's another, he's the third biggest loser. He has to be. See, he was the one. He hates Liv. He hates everything about it. He spoke up. He was the, he carried the mantle for the tour. So he's like the third loser. See, I'm going to disagree with you because I think to me, Rory McElroy comes out of this smelling like a rose because, you know, from a public perception point of view, He's going to make all the money that, you know, that this deal is going to to provide, but he has clean hands. He's still anti-live because of the, he can still take the moral high ground, which he should take. Yeah. Uh, so I actually think Rory McIlroy is going to come out of this more popular. I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, I, just as me personally, in the past, I generally rooted for American players. And although I like Rory as a person, I wouldn't necessarily be rooting for him in a major if he was competing against, you know, one of the American Ryder Cup guys. 
but I found myself rooting for him last week at the U.S. Open, yeah. uh, and it's because he was above the fray. He didn't, you know, yeah. he he kept to his he kept his position, uh, his moral position, as you know, as well as trying to protect the BGA Tour. My third loser. I love him. I love him. Okay, go for it. My third loser is David Pelly and the DP Tour. Yeah. Because they yeah. are now. I mean, they were a second-class tour, and what are they now? I, well, I, mean, I think I think we don't know how it's going to pan out, but I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to if they can make broker some deal to make sure they have some elevated events on that tour, make sure they have a certain amount of PGA Live players play that tour. I think they they're winners. Well, you know, but if they wanted to do that. They would have come out and say David Pelly and Jay Monahan will be the co-CEOs of this new entity. Yeah. David Pelly's name isn't isn't anywhere. I, I think I think that the DP Tour has been a second sister to the PGA Tour, and I think now they're even more under their thumb. But we'll see. I I, I have high hopes for the for the DP World Tour. I want it to be like it was, you know, five or six years ago when you turn on you know the television at seven o'clock on on sat on sunday morning before i go off to to play tennis and there'd be a tournament and there might be you know shane lowry playing in the tournament or yeah. or uh you know or sergio might be playing over there you know you'd always have a couple of the better european pga players playing in a tournament because maybe it was their national event or maybe it was their sponsor uh and you didn't have these tournaments with with a bunch of you know guys with hyphenated names from from you know, from the Netherlands and from Denmark, who have no chance yeah. of ever competing in a in a major or being in the Ryder Cup. So yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, give me. Uh, I, I, why don't I start out with a winner? And I'm going to give my yeah. most obscure winner. My most obscure winner is Eugenio Chikara. So here's oh. this guy who who joins the Live Tour probably because of his relationship with Sergio. Out of college, he played at. Oklahoma State, I think he played at Oklahoma yep. State, and was played Oklahoma State, and he was number two amateur in the world, uh, liable to have a career, maybe not John Rahm's career, but he was going to be the next great Spanish Spanish golfer, and then he joins the Live Tour and he disappears. He's not eligible for any majors. He's got no road really to get to majors unless he plays qualifying events. He's basically a nothing. He makes money, but he has no legacy. This gives yeah. somebody like Eugenia Chikara potentially the ability to come back on to the PGA tour or the European tour, make majors and, and have the chance to have a legacy career. You know, when he was in college, you know, people said, okay, the, you know, the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of Spanish golfers is, is, uh, you know, John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Olafabel. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Eugenia Chikara is the next one. And but you know yeah. he's an afterthought right now. So a guy like that now has the ability to potentially build a yep. legacy. So I so that was my I, obscure winner. Yeah. Okay. Well, my winner, number one winner, is the public investment fund because they were able to, you know, get all the player, get some of the top players on the PGA tour. They were able to make it be a big distraction, and now they're able to kind of control the PGA, have a some interest in the PGA Tour and kind of fund it. So they're my. We number, need the PGA Tour needs the money. They're my so number, they, they're my number you, one as well. And there's another yep, important okay. factor: their lawsuits go away. And the yep, last thing the Saudis yep. wanted 
was to be deposed in an American court and have to talk about, you know, you know that they would have been asked, has the public investment fund, uh, fund you know, we want a list of all the terrorist organizations the public investment fund has, yeah. has funded. Yep. They did not want, they did not want to be they in an American courtroom. I love it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they did not want to end. So we let them off the hook by doing this, this whole tour, by joining forces. So I, I said the same thing. I said my, my biggest winner was the Sheik and, and, the, yeah. and the Public Investment yep. Fund. And for those reasons, they now control the game of golf, and they're likely not to wind up in a lawsuit in the, in the United States, although they and may a have lot to, other although they, although they may have to uh, testify in front of Congress, and we'll see how that goes, because I don't think they can yeah. be compelled to do so. Uh, as a foreign entity, but but we'll see. All right. I mean, this has got to happen for the PGA Tour. This is going to happen. So who's your who's your next? So I have I have Eugene Chikara oh, and yeah. I have the Sheik. Oh, okay. So number two for me, he was your biggest loser, uh, Greg Norman. Wow. I mean, think about it. Greg Norman was able to. It's kind of he lived he lived a portion of his dream. He's always wanted to, you know, he always wanted to challenge the PGA Tour. He was able to get some of the best players in the world to come over. He was able to be head of this. So he may not be involved in the future, but he really had an effect on how this is going to turn out. Because if it wasn't for Greg Norman pushing this, it wouldn't have happened. So Greg Norman's kind of a winner. He may go away, but his, 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 I mean, his imprint on this live and the PIF and the PGA Tour, it's going to be huge. Because if it wasn't for Greg Norman pushing this, it wouldn't have happened. You may be so he's right. my you, second guy. You may be right. He may be the biggest, one of the biggest winners and one of the biggest losers. You know, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, the guest we tried to get this week is our friend John John uh, Bladholm. And John uh, has a relationship with Peter Jacobson, right? And I would love to talk to Peter Jacobson, who's been you know, vehemently anti-live, about Greg Norman, because they're contemporaries. One of yeah, these one of these yeah. days we have we between the two of us we know so many people who know Peter Jacobson. We've got to get him. Yeah, we've got to get him. We've on. got to get him on the podcast if only for a 10 minute talk. I want to know, you know, what the other guys thought of Greg Norman. And yeah. cuz this has apparently been a battle he's been waging for years. All right. But don't you think all these guys are super jealous of Greg Norman? All the American players cuz he was the best player in the world. I mean, he everyone loved Greg Norman. I don't know. I never, so that's why I Greg ne Norman I never, felt. I never loved Greg Norman. I, I always rooted against Greg Norman. I just thought he was too cocky, too good looking. Yeah. And I loved it that he choked in all but, you know, two open championships. See, I wanted him to win those championships, the Masters, because Greg Norman was the guy. I mean, he was the best player in the world. He strutted his stuff around. He wore that stupid hat that women love, and he's so tan. And that, I mean, we loved him. I loved him. I don't know why. I couldn't stand him. Wanted him to lose every tournament. He makes Revel shitty clothes, by the way. Reveled in his in his in his choke in his choky hood. All right, my <laughs> big winner is is Phil Mickelson. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think Phil Mickelson comes out of this with two hundred million dollars. He's been vindicated, and he's gonna he's you know potentially gonna be able to resume his legacy. You know, after yeah. after this, maybe Phil Mickelson does get to be a Ryder Cup captain. You know, maybe yeah. maybe Phil Mickelson does get to come back and and be an ambassador to the game. Maybe even Phil Mickelson does what I think he's always been destined to be, which is the best uh, color guy on on you know one of the network's PGA broadcasts since you know you know the the golden age, right? 
you know, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Bob Rosberg and, and, uh, uh, you know, those guys, um, so, I, I totally agree with you. So I, I think Phil Mickelson comes out with the money and he's going to be able to, you know, I think resume, he may not get the commercial endorsements for a while, but he's, he's so, he's so photogenic. He's so good in front of, you know, he is by far the best of these guys in front of a camera, like in a commercial. Uh, there's no, it's not even close. Ricky Fowler has done, you know, a lot of, you know, television work, but he's stiff, right? Rory, yeah, yeah. Rory is very good and very honest, but he always seems a little nervous. Phil is yes, natural. Yeah, I agree. Phil is a natural in front of a camera. So I put Phil as He's my the only guy on Instagram that can wear flip-flops and hit golf shots <laughs> that I watch. So that's Seriously. So that's I mean, great. everyone I think is a joke that does that. But, you know. That's, that's my winner. All right. Who's your third winner? My third winner are all the live players that took the money and made out like bandits. And gonna get their, they're gonna get their chance to come back to the PGA Tour and play as many tournaments or little tournaments as possible. So all those players, I think, are the winners. I really do. They're the, my third group of winners. All the live players that took the big money: Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Brooks, uh, Kepka, Patrick Reed. Those guys made out. I mean, I, those European guys, I, they, they didn't. They did okay. But I'm telling all the guys that got a lot of money. They really made out because Americans, all the American players, got more money because they were obviously they won a lot more, right? Sergio didn't get more than Patrick Reed, did he? Um, I bet he did. I bet Sergio got more money. He's more, he's more okay. popular worldwide. Yeah, so I think it's all the players who took the money and went to live. They took a chance, and then it panned out for them. Because CIF bailed, bailed the uh, tour out. So yeah, that's my third. All right. Well, we will be back next week. Uh after the rocket mortgage, we're tr going to try to get our, our guest on for next week. I'm going to try to talk to Rick Riley. Maybe I'll even get a quote from Rick Riley. Uh, if yeah, I can. Yeah. And, uh, where's it, where's this going to be at pumpkin Ridge? Is our Rick Riley or at, at pumpkin Ridge. Oh, yeah. nice. That's fun out there. Yeah. He's a All good right. guy. That guy's great. Rick Riley. I love him. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take you out with a little bit of uh, death cab for cutie and we'll yeah. talk to everybody next week. See you next week, everyone.